the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. The name of this show is Under the Hood. Every Saturday from 10 to 12, we talk about cars and your cars. If you'd like to join us, 602-508-0960. My guest this hour is Eddie Caruso, who's been a master tech for how long? Since I got my master in 1990. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember when mine was. Um, but I think I've been 26, 27, 28 years, I think. So Eddie has worked for us for 29 years. Um, folks, there's lots of shops in town that do lots of kind of work, but one of the things that Eddie does is older cars. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right to the question I asked before the end of the break. What's the difference between a Ford Fairlane and a Ford Galaxy, and what what years are we bracketing here? Well, the Fairlane came out in the mid 50s okay. i'm trying to think when the galaxy came out it might have came out a little bit later the galaxy is cast classified as a full size okay. where the fairlane is what ford would call an intermediate okay all right how about drivetrain same drivetrain or different they shared a lot of the same drivetrains you can get the same engine and transmissions in them although on the on the galaxy being a full size you had a more of a options for big blocks in those than you did the, the fair lanes. Okay. And folks, the big block and a small block is just the size of the engine. Um, a 350, a 327, a 360 Ford, those are all small blocks. Yes. And then the big blocks, I'll do the Chevrolet. The big blocks is the, um, the 348 and north of that. And so the 400, the 427, the 454. Yeah, well, the 400 is still classified as a small block in the Chevy. Okay, it's but, a stroke 350. Okay, but I'm talking 396, 454, 427. Okay, for, okay, all right. And so the small block Fords or the big block Fords. 427, 428, 460. Okay, so the difference is really the cubic inches, and that line's probably somewhere around the 400 cubic inches. And they, and they had different classifications for the blocks. They had the Y blocks back in the in the 50s and the 60s, and then the, the 428s and the 460s were the FE blocks, the 390s. What's the difference between the Y and the FE? It's just the configuration. Like, say, a 460 has a uh, intake manifold that bolts onto the heads, whereas the 390s, uh, the 360s, um, they half of the intake was half of the rocker ceiling area, so it's almost half of the cylinder head itself, the top half of the cylinder head. Okay, okay, all right. So the Galaxy, I think that's a Galaxy on your rack. Yes. Okay, and and what was it that you were charged to do with that? Well, the first time it came in is when we took the carburetor off of it and put a fuel injection system on it. Okay, and so there's more to just unbolting the carburetor and the fuel injection, right? Right. Did you do any programming? 
Um, it's a self-learning program on that. Okay. So you, there's a handheld device that you plug into it. It's got about the size of your cell phone. Okay. And so you punch in the number of cylinders, the cubic inch displacement, um, and automatic or standard transmission. And it basically will run the engine for a couple minutes. It'll have you, you know, go from idle to wide open throttle, and then it kind of learns as it as it runs the engine, learns the parameters to, it's got an oxygen sensor so it can tell the, the fuel trims. Okay. It's, it's a self-learning system. Okay. And just for those folks out there, an oxygen sensor is in the exhaust system and it's a tattletale. It tells the engine when you're sending too much fuel out of the tailpipe and when you're, and when it's, it senses that there's not enough fuel. So it can, it can help the computer control the faucet, the fuel faucet. If you're running too rich, shut it down. If you're running too lean, open it up in simplistic terms. Right. Okay. So this thing, you could you do that while the car was sitting in the bay? The programming? The, the, learn, the learning, yes. Just yes. sitting there? Yeah. Okay. So after you drove it. Now, in the old cars, they didn't necessarily. Some of them we, we adapted. Some of them did. They didn't have an air conditioning kicker. So you want to idle at 600 RPM and drive. If you turned on the air, it went to 500. Right. <laughs> so, so the fuel injection cars see the air come on, and they kick the idle up. It has an input for an AC compressor clutch, so we can see if there's you have to lower the air conditioning on. It, it sees, hey, I've got an incoming from the AC, so I'm going to bump the idle speed up 50, 75, or bring it back to its control idle speed. Okay, so that is how this computer yes. got the input. All right. And which is pretty much like every other computer, every other computerized car. Right. Now, some of them are going to see the load and the RPM drop. So maybe the computer says, I want you to idle 600. Maybe the computer sees, uh-oh, it just went to 500. And it, it doesn't know why it went to 500, but it says, okay, well, I'm going to take it back up to 600. So maybe a load on some of them? Yes, and that's how this one does it for uh, the idle in gear. Okay. Okay. So it may be idling at, at 650 in neutral. And then you drop it into gear. It doesn't know. It doesn't have an input from the transmission to see that you've come out of park into drive. It sees the RPM drops. It sees the load go up. And as smart as these computers are, it says, "Hey, well, let's see. RPM went down. Load went up. Wheels aren't turning. I don't have a uh, vehicle speed input. I must be in gear. Okay, let's bump the, the idle speed up a little bit." And that you took you f- ten seconds to describe that, but this computer is in the blink of an eye. Yes, nanoseconds. Okay. So it, it's just something that just happens before you can even see it happen. Yes. So did you go drive it afterwards? Yes. And did you drive it before with had a carburetor on it? Yes. Okay, so give us the difference. Okay, before with the carburetor, cold start, pump the throttle three times. Okay. Fire it up. It would come up to about, oh, maybe 1,500 RPM, just kind of sitting there. Which is what a carburetor should do. When it's you on pump, the choke. Yeah, when you pump it one or two or three times on a cold car, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it's okay, um, even though I signed the front of your paycheck. And, <laughs> Andy and, does. Andy does, and my daughter okay. does, you're right. And So the first pump is to close the choke, and right. the subsequent pump is the accelerator pump, flood, or not flooding, but squirting fuel into the engine. Right. Fuel injections don't have to do that. No, well, they they have a little bit of fuel enrichment okay. when they're cold. And, and what you're talking about is the nozzle, the sprayers, they stay on for a little longer. Right. The duration, instead of a psst, it's a psst in an exaggerated form. Right. Okay. So you don't have to pump the throttle no. on, on a fuel injection. So after you started it up with a choke, it's going to da 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 which yeah, is run, normal. Right, and it runs like that for about five seconds, and all of a sudden it'll slowly pick up as it the choke starts up a little bit, and we get the more air in there, and next you know it's idling at 1,700 RPM. Okay. Let it run for 10 seconds. Let the throttle, we should take it down to the next step on the 
fast idle cam, so you went from 1,700 down to about 1,300, pop it into gear, and away you go. And that's pretty much across the board on all the old cars that have carburetors. Yes, unless they have a manual choke. Okay, and, and with the exception of a manual choke, they all... Now, how many people in the world do you think know how to set a choke on a carbureted car? I don't know how many techs there are now that actually worked on carburetors. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I, I make fun. I, I say to people all the time, your, your technician better have gray hair if you're asking him to work on an old car. Because yes. the young bucks have no, have no clue. They've never worked on a car that had a carburetor. They don't understand. That. But they're very they they're probably very good on the computerized cars. But when it comes to carbureted and manual timing and and an HEI distributor and a EC three system, all that kind of stuff. Right. So in in a, in this particular case, you're converted from a carburetor. How did it run? Great. Started up. I mean, just hit the key and in a second it started up. It's running. It's idling smooth. Okay. Out on the road, throttle response was nice and crisp. There was no bogging, no hesitation. Okay. Now, it has a throttle position sensor, which tells the computer what your foot's doing on the throttle. Right. Okay, let's talk about the inputs. So it has a throttle position yes. sensor, and so it sees you hit the throttle. Whether you go from zero to wide open throttle, it sees that. Yes. It immediately turns on the fuel and the timing. Right. Okay, and we know it has an input for the air conditioning compressor, yes. so it knows when you turn on the air. So when you go from 600 to 500, it'll take you back to 600. Correct. What other inputs? Coolant temp sensor. Okay, now the coolant temp sensor is going to tell it that when the, the, the temperature of the coolant, so if the engine's cold, it's going to bring the idle up. Right. Because it knows the engine's cold. Now, was that the same coolant sensor, or did you have to drill a hole in the manifold, or what'd you do? It was a different sensor, but it used the same port. So you take the... Uh, the original coolant temp sender out okay. and put the coolant temp sensor in there, and then you move the coolant temp sender to a different spot on either on the intake or the throttle or the thermostat housing, so it runs the gauge on the dash. Okay, so a sender is talking to somebody like the gauge. Correct. And a sensor is talking to the computer. Yes. Okay. Now, in the newer model cars, it can be the same. It can be the same. They'll they'll run it through the BCM and different modules, and they can split that signal. One goes to the ECM for fuel control. The other might go to the what we call the IPC, the instrument panel cluster for the gauge. Okay. All right. And and so what else? You had a coolant, TPS, and you had uh, air conditioner. Sensor. Oh, you have an oxygen sensor. Yeah. All right. So that goes in the exhaust. Mm -hmm. And did you have to... Is there a, a pipe that it comes with it where you, you channel that in? or On this one, there are a couple different options. Um, there was one where you could drill a hole into the exhaust pipe, and there was not quite a half-moon flange that the oxygen sensor bolted into, and then you could clamp that onto the exhaust pipe. Okay. Or you could drill a hole and put what's called a bung in there, weld it onto the exhaust, and then screw the oxygen sensor into that. And the bung's like a big nut that's threaded. Right. And you're going to screw the oxygen sensor into the big nut that's threaded after you tack welded or welded onto right. the exhaust. And now the oxygen sensor is in the exhaust stream, and it tells the computer whether the faucet's open too far or too little. Well, it tells us more about what's coming out after it, after it comes out of the combustion chamber. But 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 it, it does that in a way that it's saying to the carburetor, it's saying to the fuel injection system, I see way too much fuel. Right. And the response by the computer is, is shut down the fuel. Right. Okay, so there's a talk back and forth, again, in the blink of an eye. Yes. Okay. So what else? Oxygen sensor, coolant. TPS. Yeah, that was TPS. Um, 
it had a map sensor that was integral to the throttle body, so that would sense the load on the engine based on the vacuum that's in the intake manifold. Okay, so when you're idling, let's pretend you're at 18 inches of vacuum. <laughs> you're right. Oh, boy. If we were on television right now, <laughs> oh boy, my son just came to the back door of the radio studio and and uh, and did something very stupid, but um, I won't describe it. Nevertheless, where was I at? <laughs> I've, we were I've talking. We were talking about vacuum and idle. Okay, vacuum and idle is eighteen inches, and if you just throttle up gently, it goes seventeen, sixteen, fifteen, fourteen, and it just depending on how deep you go the throttle. Right. If you go wide open, it goes from eighteen to zero. Correct. And so the computer needs that input. Right. And in that particular, in your particular case, it's part of the air going through the engine. So yes. if it sees a little bit of air, the throttle blades are closed. We should be idle. If it sees a whole bunch of air, then all of a sudden we know you're wide Vacuum open drops, car. TPS goes up. Exactly. Okay. Now, compare that to a newer model car today. How many inputs does it have? How many inputs? Way too many. I, I couldn't even name them all right okay. now. Okay. But, but fair enough. Would you say that there's 30 or more? I would say 30 is a pretty good figure. Okay. I would say 30 plus or minus. I would say 30 to 50 because we have sensors to who sits in the stupid seat and how much they weigh. We have sensors all over the car that tells us if a bulb is out. We have a sensor for the suspension. We have four ABS sensors or uh, wheel uh, wheel sensors that talk to the ABS as well as the 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 tire pressure monitoring system. All of that stuff. I mean, we could go through, but I doubt both of us together couldn't come up with all the sensors on a new car. That'd be like trying to name every code a car can throw. And then the last but not least, we're going to take a break, but last but not least, here's something that's interesting. When you have a code that says the oxygen sensor is involved, changing the oxygen sensor is like killing the messenger many times. Yes. Because the oxygen sensor is simply reporting what it sees, and what's wrong is upstream. And so the oxygen sensor is telling us the truth, but the guys at the auto parts store sell you an O2 sensor. But what you're doing is you're shooting the messenger. Right. So you put that on, and guess what you have? Same problem. Same problem. And your wallet's a little bit sh- uh, less weight. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Hello. I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For 35 years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works. We want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our community secure. Composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. We protect the homeland. We're always there when called upon. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. 
To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Arizona Army National Guard. Aired by the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. This is the Terminator. Listen to America's money ace of the airways, Victoria McVeigh, here at 960 The Patriot. She's smart, savvy, and a serial entrepreneur. So grab your wine, whiskey, or Perrier and come play with Victoria McVeigh on Sundays at 8 p.m. She'll have you saying hasta la vista, baby, to your financial dismay. Hey kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with silence. But her kids' love for their mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the (laughs) ShelterPetProject.org. One minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, my name is Mark Salem, sitting next to me, and I'm a master technician, and Eddie Caruso is also a master technician, and Eddie's worked for us for 29 years, and uh, we're just talking about old Fords, because that's Eddie's um, really forte, Fords in general, but um, Packards? Packards, uh, Bentleys. Bentleys. What were some of the other ones I had? Um, I mean... I had the 56 Thunderbird... um, 71 Charger. Had a lot of the old ones coming lately. Yeah, a lot of old ones. We've we've been packed with a lot of old ones. Nevertheless, that's what we're talking about. If you'd like to join, if you have a question, I think one of us can answer it, or both of us can answer it, or we can argue in front of you. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. A good shop in town is Auto Dynamics. It's in Sun City. It's the largest and most trusted source for complete automotive services, and it's been around since 1982. I've known Chuck Nyday since 1968. His son, Derek, is running the operation right now, and Derek is one of those guys you wish your daughter would bring home. He is that kind of young man. He's just a very, very smart and dynamic guy. So he's decided to, his staff and his mechanics are not paid a commission or a percentage of a repair bill. He can ensure them that they don't sell you unnecessary parts of repair. We're all watching this to see how it works out because it's a good idea. The question is, is what negative ramifications are there going? Is this going to create? Nevertheless, Auto Dynamics, north side of Grand Avenue, just west of 99th Avenue. Where were we talking? 
We were talking about sensors and stuff on vehicles. Right. In, in the newer model cars, 30 to 50 different sensors talk to the computer. Climate control sensors, whether we need to to defrost your windows or whatever. Right. Right? There's how many sensors are, are in the shift part of this car? You've got drive or park, uh-huh. reverse, the lights, right. re- neutral, neutral. And, the, and then you've got all the gears. One, two, three, and then let's go with overdrive and lockup. Right. So we got most cars have only one, two, three, but really they have five speeds. Correct. So to speak. So to speak. So all these sensors, but this fuel injection system you put on this, what year's Galaxy? Was 65. It? 65 Galaxy is a real basic, but it's still going to provide good emissions because it has an oxygen sensor. Yes. So it's going to be cleaner now than it ever was before. Correct. No questions. No questions. You could bet your life on yep. it. And not, but it has a better cold start. Better fuel economy. More power. More power. More performance. is Now, I know that you wouldn't have done it um, because it's a customer's cars of ours, but had that been a, a galaxy of yours and you put fuel injection on it, before how long would it burn the tires and now how long would it burn the tires? I would say before maybe halfway through first year it would burn them. Okay. And after? As long as I want to keep my foot down. <laughs> Now, we're not advocating that you do that, but that's in, in the absence of visuals yes. on radio, we can only describe with words. And so it, it, it enhances the vehicle. Now, approximately, give me a square box of what it costs to put that on parts and labor. Uh, I would say 3000 to $4,500. Okay. And it depends a lot on what system. Right. And what's the condition of the present motor? Correct. How many broken bolts do we have in the intake manifold, and how dirty is it, and and what else can it be? I mean, how rusty the exhaust is. Can we even get the oxygen sensor in the exhaust, or do we have to replace it? And did he do replacement on this Galaxy you're doing? On the exhaust? No. Yeah. Not yet. That's one of his projects coming up. Okay. And describe the steering and suspension that you did. It would say front and rear Hotchkiss uh, performance suspension. I think it's a two-inch drop front and rear, so it sits a little bit lower. Okay. Um, but the steering geometry is much more revised, so it's more of a modern uh, suspension on it. And it has four-wheel disc brakes. Four-wheel disc brakes. Which means you change the, you add a booster, you change the master. Actually, this system. one didn't, we didn't add a booster to this one. This was a, still a, a manual brake system. Okay. So you didn't have to add a booster, so you didn't have to plumb vacuum. No. Okay. And did you have to put a proportioning valve in it to proportion? That was part of the kit. Okay. So master cylinder, brake lines, calipers. All that stuff. Right. So you had to take all the brake system off and put this new stuff on. Right. And the lines are pre-bent? Well, no. We had we used some of his existing ones and had to run some new ones because the original system, this is a 65, so it's a common reservoir master cylinder. Mm-hmm. It's not a dual system that okay. came out in 1967. Okay. So... They had, on those old systems, there was one brake line that came out of the master cylinder that served all four wheels. Front and back. Right. Okay. But now with the tandem, we need to split that. We need to split the front from the rear. So in all effects, they're two different braking systems. And that's what you did with the proportioning valve. You split it there. Right. Right? And the proportioning valve gives us, just round figures, 60% of the braking on the front and 40% yes. on the back. So it's so we're not locking up the back. We need to kind of lock the fronts before we do the back because right. the nose falls and pushes down on those tires, and the back lifts up. Right. Okay. All right. We got a caller. Who we got? We have Frank. Frank, good morning to you. What is it we can do for you? Uh, probably a simple problem, but on these LED lights, I'm working on a 2005 Mustang, and uh, 
you buy this other uh, little uh, load equalizer if you're going to put it on a on a light that's flashing. Mm-hmm. Right, I guess you're all aware of that. Yes. Yes. I would, do you need that load equalizer on a regular circuit that don't blink? Typically not. No, no. If you just use them, let's say on a on a brake light where you have red brake lights and amber turn signals on the rear. Yeah. You don't. You normally don't need it because. We don't need the load to make the flasher flash with the brake lights because they come on and they stay on steady. Well, this is for the third brake light. That one doesn't flash either, so that shouldn't be an issue. Well, no, I'm, I'm putting this flasher on there, but just basically uh, on this load equalizer, do I need it on any circuit that's got a bulb on it? You shouldn't. I mean, the first thing you do is just put them in without going to the trouble of putting a load equalizer on them and see how it reacts. But typically... If the t- if the t- the it, the four turn signals, they're going to flash. Yes, it's likely you're going to need them there. Right. Yeah. But if the light is on all the time that you ask for lights on and off, otherwise parking lights and brake lights. Yes. Those typically don't need the load equalizer. No. Just the signals. So, the bulbs that have two filaments are typically park and turn, turn signal. signal. And so if you have two little lead buttons on the bottom of the bulb, that's or you look inside the bulb, you can right. see two filaments. So those are typically the ones that need them. But if it has a single filament, it doesn't. Right, but even the ones that have two, you may not need them because it it's going to be your taillights mm-hmm. and your brake lights. Yeah. But it still could have separate amber turn signals in the rear. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. So you have to know the colors, and you have to right. know what, what what's What the function flashing. of that bulb. Okay, turn on your four ways, and those are the ones that are going to need it. Whatever yes. is okay. on is going to yeah. need it, but the third brake light won't be there. No, and the load is not to make the LED shine. It's to make the flasher operate correctly. Okay, so it changes the signal to the flasher. Otherwise, the flasher does what? Rapid or it really rapid flashes. So it's too fast. Right. So there's it's not sensing enough of a load. Correct. Okay. So this enhancer it ad- ad- enhances the load. So the easy thing to do is, like we said, turn on the four-way flashers, walk around, mark the lights they're flashing. Those are the ones that typically need it. Yes. Okay. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Frank, if you have a second question, just hang on the line. And we'll get you six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. The lines are wide open. So all you have to do is to give us a call, and we'll get to you just as quickly as we can. My name's Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is Eddie Caruso. We're both ASC Master Certified Technicians, and between the two of us, we've got more than 60 years of experience. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Space Age Auto Paint Store in Mesa says to support our military and veterans by donating time, clothing, or funds to organizations who help them. 
This message from Space Age Auto Paint Store at 707 South Country Club Drive in Mesa, serving the area with pride since 1981. They have the biggest variety and largest inventory in Arizona. They have nuts and bolts by the piece or by the box. Complete side molding supplies, automotive paint touch-up, aerosol cans, and more. Call 480-835-0971. This giving season, there's no better way to say happy holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And until December 2nd, you can get special Black Friday prices with 60% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Plus, save on other photo gifts. It's our best deal of the season. So get Black Friday prices with 60% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code RADIO60. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code RADIO60. This is Dan Prop for townhall.com. Arizona's Republican governor, Doug Ducey, earned 44% of the Latino vote en route to his easy re-election. No hand recount for Governor-elect Ron DeSantis in Florida, who garnered 44% of the Latino vote and 14% of the black vote. The 400,000 Florida kids and 260,000 Arizona kids who benefit from school choice, the majority from minority families, are reshaping the GOP's electoral coalitions in those states. This occurrence is more than a powerful argument for school choice. It's a messaging imperative for conservatives. Black families have moved beyond the idealism of the civil rights era to search for pragmatic answers to the economic concerns the welfare state not only failed to address but worsened. We've been making the wrong arguments to the wrong constituents. Republicans should be looking long and hard at Doug Ducey's success in Arizona and Ron DeSantis in Florida as models for what it takes to win. I'm Dan Prof. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Impacting policy decisions today. Preparing public leaders for tomorrow. All about that demon automobile. <laughs> uh, 33 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take our caller real quick and then I've got some business to take care of. Eddie, you're up. How can I help you? Okay, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I got a 83 Chrysler. It's uh, 83 Fifth Avenue. Okay. And uh, the driver's window was always a little loose when I got it, and I never got around to the check it and take the upholstery off. So what happened now, the window doesn't go up or down unless I pull it up by hand, move it up, and then it won't stay. When I slam the door, it drops down about two inches. You now, know, I took the... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I took the upholstery off on the inside because I'm pretty handy. I used to work on cars, okay. but now I got little problems with my legs and stuff. So I took the upholstery off. I think it might be the regulator, the motor, but that's ribbed on. It, 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 it's ribbed on there. Okay. The, right. In other words, if I wanted to take the motor out, I got to do them three rivets out, I think. All right. Eddie. Yeah, that's yeah. that's just the way they are. You drill the rivets out, and sometimes they'll give you bolts to put back in, or you just right. re-rivet the regulator back to the door. So here's panel. the question, though. Does he do the regulator yeah. and the motor at the same time? Does he do both? It depends on how it's serviced. Sometimes you can buy one or the other, or they'll come as both as a set. But if you can get them both, that's the way to do it. Go in there once and be done with it. Yeah, and I don't think you should do just, and I agree the regulator's broken because he can manually lift it up, and when he slams it, it drops down. It's come disconnected from the motor. Right? Oh, there's, oh, there's so some it slop or something. Be the motor? Oh, no, no. It, it could be either one or both. Yeah. And, until you get uh, in there, you're not going to do it. But the regulators, yeah, that's bad, right? Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it might be a little bit of both. But we know for sure that the window, once it gets to a certain point, should stay there because the regulator and the motor 
motor hold it in place. So exactly. If it's moving, then there's a problem with the regulator. Okay. And it also could be that the motor doesn't want to pull the window up because it doesn't have the power that it did, but it also because the regulator's bad and it's binding. Right. And then there's a drive between the motor and the regulator. So we use gears, we use nylon teeth, we do a variety right. of things. So do you have any idea what this uh, Fifth Avenue at 83 has? Is it going to have it, the... It should be just a regular scissor uh, regulator. Okay, with now a, is with the a... motor gear-driven? Yes. Okay, all right. So it's... Well, we don't know. Hey, let me ask you this. Eddie, when you use the button up and down, do you hear the motor run or not? Yeah, I hear the motor run. Okay, well, that sounds like a good news. Right. Yeah. And then so, also the uh, locks on the door work. If I want uh, to lock the doors, I press the button and the, door, the locks will go down. Okay, well, that's a different circuit. That's a different yeah. circuit, but it's the same keypad, probably. Okay. So, yeah. right. um, I'm with I'm with Eddie. Eddie, um, I I think you should look for a package, and then, like he said, it'll come with a regulator and the motor, and all you have to do is get it together, put it in there, and then put the bolts in. Right. And then that will have, put it together. Okay. Do you have to take the glass out? The you, yes, you're gonna have to somehow disconnect the glass from the regulator to replace the regulator. And it's always easier to pull the glass out of the out of the door if you can, set it on the back yeah. seat or somewhere where you don't have to work around right. the window of the glass being in the door trying to replace the regulator. Some of the guys will take those rubber vice grips and put it on the top of the door frame and clamp the window. Or the, the two suction cups with a cable that link the two. That ha but but that's always dangerous because if that window gets away from yeah. you, it's going to break. Right. right. It's going to okay. shatter. So. Uh, take it out if you can, and 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 I'm impressed with you taking this on. Even though, um, it, you know, this is something most people wouldn't do: is open up the door panel and start digging around in there. But yeah, I got the in, door supposedly off the door. I got that all off, and uh, I have the switches all lined up to move them. Uh -huh. um, the back windows work, but the the other one always had like a strain from the motor. It couldn't pull it up. I had to help it up by hand. Yeah. Well, so, let me tell you what the diagnosis of the problem is, okay? This is what yeah. caused the problem, your wife, okay? Just stick with that story, okay? This is a oh. problem caused by your wife. Is that okay? <laughs> but the wife should take the glass out, right? Yeah, I that's the take easiest the glass way. Out. Yes, take the glass okay. out. All righty. You know thank you very much, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a good question, yeah. and I'm kind of impressed. Not too many people go into that, but his 85... Uh, uh, Fifth Avenue, wasn't that yeah. what it was? Mm -hmm. Is quite different than a 2016, right. 17, 18, anything. Right. Well, I applaud the people that they can do that, but I'm even more happy with the ones that know when to stop. Yeah, yeah, because they bring it to you in a basket and the regulator's all bent up. And the real problem is, is we can't do an autopsy to find out what was wrong. It's, yes. it's all it's gone. Too late. It's too late. So they bring us the body in 20 different pieces, and we're going to have to replace everything because we don't know what was broken. And we're not going to take it apart two or three times and put one part in at a time. So that's kind of the way it is. Thompson's Auto Repair is a good shop in Mesa. He's on Main Street just east of Stapley. Thompson's has been around since 1970. Brian and Thelma are the salt of the earth. When you walk in, you're going to meet one of them, and you'll know what I'm talking about. They're the only shop in Mesa that Mark Salem says you should attend. Now, you should go over there and have an oil change done and see how they treat you. That's what you do on every new shop. 
but they have ASC certified technicians. Thompson's gives you the highest level of automotive service and then the friendly reminders that let you know when you might be due for service. So it's real easy and convenient to keep your car in tip-top shape if you go along with Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing on Main Street just east of Stapley. Then, another place on the other side of the world is Kurtz Auto at I-17 and Bell. So we got Mesa, and now we got North Phoenix and Deer Valley covered up. Kurtz is an independent, family-owned, and operated shop. Kurtz is a master technician, Eric is a master technician, and Jeff is a master technician. And I've just described the hierarchy at Kurtz. So we've got a service manager, we've got an owner, and we've got a lead tech. And those three guys can get cars fixed. So he's a Better Business Bureau Ethic Award winner, and that says a whole bunch. He opened in 1987. He works on domestic and import both gas and diesel. So if you're up near I-17 and and the I-17 and Bell, the northeast corner, I-17 and Bell. My name's Mark Salem. Eddie Caruso sitting next to me, and we're still here. The lines are wide open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. The Seth Leapson Show, where the most important voices speak. Our good friend, William J. Bennett. Congratulations. I look forward to coming on again. Friend and scholar, Heather MacDonald. Thank you, as always, for having me on, Seth, and you're absolutely right. John Hinderocker from the Powerline blog. Great to be with you. Thank you, Seth. To me, the finest man in public service, Bill Montgomery. Thank you very much, Seth. Thanks for the conversation. Professor Alan Dershowitz. Anytime you want me on your show, I'm here. <laughs> I love intelligent talk. Weekdays from 3 to 6 on 960 The Patriot. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join James and Brandon Herbis for the Safe Money Radio Show here on KKNT every Saturday at 2 p.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. And you can also call James and Brandon now for your free customized safe information money kit and a 115-page safe money book at 844-371-SAFE. That's 844-371-7233. They just told us right away that we're going to house you, we're going to feed you, and every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of. They've saved my family from financial ruin. It allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing, which was the health and well-being of our son. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. And that's what makes St. Jude so magical. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at St. Jude, and our patients come from all over the world. 
when we come here, they told me, don't worry, everything's been taken care of. We could never repay St. Jude for what they've given us. Because of you. Gracias a ti. Because, Because of, of you. you. There is St. Jude. It takes two of us to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribus Unum, and God We Trust and Liberty, the three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. 44 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, Mark Salem and Eddie Caruso here, both ASE Master Certified Technicians, and we figure that we've got closer to 70 years of experience between the Pretty two close. of us. Pretty close. Yeah. All right. The longest and continuous running transmission shop in the entire valley is Automatic Transmission Exchange. Since 1968, Phil and his staff and his family have been doing transmission diagnostic and repair work. So no matter where you live, 40th Street in Washington is centrally located. And Phil and his staff are really good at what they do. And like I said, I don't know of another transmission shop in the entire valley that has the years and years of experience that Automatic Transmission Exchange does. Tom, you're up next. How can I help you? Yes, sir, Mark. I just uh, got out of, came from out of town for for Thanksgiving, and uh, I heard that uh, GM has a problem with their brakes, and they don't want to do recall. Have you heard anything about that? No, uh uh-uh. What make or what model? Well, I, I sort of caught the tail end of the news, so, and GM doesn't want doesn't want to do a recall, but there there was a brake problem, I guess. Okay, I can tell you there's lots of stuff out there that we know about before we see the recall. It's pattern failures and stuff like that. So there's a lot of that, but neither one of us, and correct me if I'm wrong, has seen a GM problem. Now, we've seen bad wheel sensors on every car. Yes. We've seen failure of master cylinders on every car. Um, and except when you're in ABS, you're actually in a system that's pretty much the same as it was in the 60s and the 70s, yes. just basic hydraulic brakes. So I'm not quite sure what this is or where it came from, but today neither one of us believes that GM has a, a pattern failure that we've seen. And keep in mind... For brakes. For brakes. For brakes. <laughs> and keep in for mind, right, too... Yeah, that's what they mentioned. Yeah. And keep in mind, too, that we see probably 20, 25 cars a day. So, um, you know, it's, it's, but I don't know the answer to that, and I'm sorry I can't answer that. But thank you, call, Tom, for calling in. Thank you very much. Let's go to Jack. Jack, you're up next. Mark, this is a long time listener. He helped me a lot uh, between Thompson, Sean, uh, and quality transmission. But I'll make it short. I have a uh, 20.7 engine Dodge Ram. And I made the mistake of not going to Thompson, and I went to, I won't name the chain, I did with a coupon, and now I'm, whatever, 
Okay. Hey, Gail, we're missing what he's got going. Let's put him on hold and just ask him to maybe get off Bluetooth or something like that. And I got Graham 6-7, but that's about all I got. So let's go to Chad, and then if, Gil, you'd talk to, to Jack, I'd appreciate it. Chad, good morning to you. Hey, I'm glad hey. you guys are uh, old Ford experts because I got a brake issue. I'm trying to take... 1978 Granada front disc brakes and put them on a 67 Ford uh, Fairlane Ranchero. And it appears that the outer tie rod end may have to be changed to the Granada tie rod end to put it on the 67. Is that right? And it depends on the size of the the knuckle where it goes into the, the spindle. Is, is one larger than the other? Where yeah, not a... and, and so... Uh, I just wanted to know if you guys had experienced that before. Well, I'll change notice, the tie rod, and I'm hoping that the adjuster sleeves are the same. I haven't taken it apart to look at that yet. Okay, let us talk um, about it real quick. Uh, if it should, if the adjuster sleeves fit, then right. the, the tie rod sleeve just lets us set the alignment. Yeah, set, set the toe, yeah. And the, set the toe. So it wouldn't make any difference as long as it didn't hit the backing plate and as long as he had all the way left and all the way right and as long as the thread matched, and it was a tight fit, it'll work. Right. Yeah. It'll work. Now, is is the issue that you're having, is the tie rod on the Mustang, the tapered end, is it smaller than what needs to be correct for the Granada spindle? Yeah, I think the, the Fairlane, it's a 67 Fairlane, I think that the the, uh, the the tie rod, outer tie rod end that goes in the spindle hole is, is smaller. Okay. All right. What do you think about that? Well, I'm thinking there. I've seen it, and I'm not sure where you would get them. Or I've seen them when they come in kits where they, there's actually another sleeve that goes on top of the tie rod, and then you put that sleeve, the tie rod, into the spindle, and that takes up that, that space that you need to have. The beveled pin right. that goes through the, the, the uh, spindle assembly yes. and the ties, ties the tie rod to there. Did you find any sleeves in your kit? I didn't get a kit yet. I just had the two cars apart sitting next to each other, and I'm swapping the brakes out. Okay. My other question is, okay, so the Granada had front disc manual brakes, and I'm, I want to put power on the Fairlane when I put it in the 67 Fairlane. It, it, can I use the same proportioning valve that came out of the Granada and just put a booster on it? Wait a minute. Does, does the proportioning valve come from a disc front drum back? Yes, Granada, and, yep. And you're going to put it on disc front f- drum back? Yep, again, yep, but I want to put a power booster on it. Yeah, you're fine using the prop, prop valve off the Granada. Yeah, yeah, Cause he, and the reason you're saying that is is that they're basically the same drivetrain or chassis. Right. Close enough, okay. Oh, yeah. So, yes, you can use a proportioning valve, and you can add power brakes to it, and it'll be okay. And if you're lucky, the power brake booster will fit in the same firewall configuration, or there'll be a bracket, right? Yes. And yep. he'll probably to have to change the lane. rod and the brake pedal, too. Yes? Uh, well, the rod and the booster is probably going to be integral with the booster. Okay. So the only thing you have to worry about is just your pedal geometry, because um, normally they're a little bit different from the power brake cars to a manual brake car. So the pedal may be lower, but it has to still be firm. Or it could be higher and be higher firm. Yeah, typically on a manual yeah. car, you have more of a, a leverage at the pedal versus a non or versus a power brake because you're getting the power from the booster to where on a manual, your power comes from your leg. Okay, so the pedal on the manual is going to be a little higher 
and a little bit more throw. It's going to have a little yes. bit more movement. And the uh, and the powers power brake, the the vacuum operated brakes, the pedal's going to be it's going to be a lot quicker and it won't have nearly the stroke. Right. Okay. All righty. Listen, Chad, thank you very much. That's a good one. Now, Chad, if you want, you can go to SalemBoysAuto.com. There's an email link there, and and you can ask questions. You can't go overboard, but you can ask questions that we can print and hand to Eddie. Eddie will fill out the information, and, and then we'll send it back to you. And Andy will be your go-between in between that. So, all righty. Jim, you're up next. Jim, how can I help you? Ah, uh, good. Hi, Mark. Um I have a neighbor that uh, just bought a brand new uh, 2018 Ram 2567 diesel, uh-huh. and we were just, he comes over and we shoot the breeze for a while. He was talking about he can't wait to so he can start tinkering with it. We were talking about oil filters, and Daniel says that he can only put Mopar oil filters on there. And I told him after listening to your show for so many years that, no, I think that's just a money thing that he could use any filter on there. It doesn't have Mopar. Okay, I have two thoughts. Number one, I don't put a Mopar filter on my 6.7 diesel. And and number two, when they dictate that you have to use that filter, they have to provide it for free. So... It sometimes it comes out of someone's mouth that doesn't mean it's God's word to the world. Yeah. Sometimes somebody says that that don't know don't know crap from Shinola. Um, <laughs> and and Ram doesn't make its own oil filters. Dodge doesn't make its own oil filters anyway. It could be Wix. It could be Napa. Um, Champ. Champ. It could be Champ. Those guys make virtually every oil filter out there. So tell him that. Um, you know what I do? I'd go to the used car lot and crawl underneath there, and he's going to find a bunch of different oil filters on those cars, and then he can go, what about you? Yeah. And I'll tell you something else, too. I know firsthand knowledge from oil guys that pour oil that there's dealers out there that say that they're using X oil, and it might be Dodge, Ford, GM, and they're not. They're using the cheap. Now, cheap doesn't mean cheap, but less expensive oil. Right. And that happens in our industry, both in the independents, the the chain stores, and the dealerships. Sometimes we forget to take the tags down. And it could be that Mark Salem says, I'm pouring Motocraft, when really I'm pouring Vaveline or Quaker State or something else. Not that they're, they're just less money than Motocraft, or they may be. So that's what it happens. But tell your, I'll tell you something else. I use a filter that we can actually clean on the oil filter. And it comes with a couple of tools that I keep in the glove box. So I can clean my oil filter and reuse it. That's what I actually use. Really? Anyway, yeah. And if you want to find out about that, do you have you cleaned mine? Yes, I have. Okay. It's got a micro uh, mesh stainless uh, two-stage screen on it. Okay. And you've cleaned them and yeah. seen trash in there? Well, yeah. You? I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't say trash because you don't have trash yeah. floating around there. But yeah, it's. Hey, you haven't it's, seen any part of my internal motors no, in there, have no. you? No. <laughs> but you would. Right. If there was an issue, I'd see it. You'd see it in the rods. You'd be shape, uh, rod bearings and burn up and main bearings and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, I don't know how much that cost. I'm perfectly happy with it. Eddie, do you, would you put that in your new 1867? Sure. Uh, yeah. And, and they would have to prove that that had something to do with the failure, and the filter manufacturer is going to step up and, and help you out. But um, I, I call strike one and strike two on what your friend's been told. So That's what I thought. And how many times... Sir. Say, ask me that again. 
How many times do can you read? You clean, keep cleaning it. Oh, you can clean it as many times yeah, as you definitely. want. Yeah, I mean, I'll go two or 300,000 miles as long as my motor will let me, and I'll just continue to use that. It saves me money in the long run because I'm not going to have to screw a filter on there. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy with that. But if he's if he wants a Wix, a Champ, or a, what's the other one? Oh, there's Wix. so many. There's Fram, Purelator. Fram, yeah, any of the name brands. They all make it for the diesel. So any of the name brands is fine. He could get on the Internet and search the cheapest one of all. So. Well, it just it just amazed me that I can remember in 1965 when we lived up in Wisconsin, my folks bought a home with an acre lot. Paid twice as much for this truck as my folks did for that house. You know, oh, I can top that. My first engine analyzer. Remember when this in the 70s they say put it on the machine, put it on the box. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, we had the Allen Smart Scope. Exactly. Well, we had the Bear Ace. I paid more for the Bear Ace than I did my first house, and that was in 1979, 1981. I paid more. I paid $33,000 for my first house, and I remember that it was the tall $30,000 for that bear, a bear machine. And as a matter of fact, you know we just threw it away not too long yeah. ago. Now, it didn't work, but we kept it for parts, and we had hoped someday they could rejuvenate it because it was a pretty good machine. But in reality, we ended up throwing it away. But those machines were from the early 80s. They were taking up room for my wife to store her liquor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had a cabinet at the bottom. (laughs) They did. Well, you should have said something before we threw all that stuff away. Of course, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, if you want to ask us a question and you missed the show, it's easy. Mark at MarkSalem.com. Mark at MarkSalem.com. If you would give us a phone number, um, I like to call you. On the other hand, it depends on who's best for your question. Oftentimes, I'll ship it to one of the guys. Not oftentimes. Sometimes, I'll ship it to one of the guys, and they'll call you from Salem Boys Auto Phone. That's what it say. But if I call you, it's coming through as a blocked number for obvious reasons. So just leave us a number. But if you don't leave us a number, you want an email answer, and we'll do our best to do that as well. So I am in charge of the email stuff, and so... I can virtually, well, Andy is too, my daughter, but I can virtually assure you that that's, uh, that'll get answered. So, Eddie, um, now that we've told everybody what a Ford guy you are, yeah. Well, what did you drive to my house today? My Lexus. <laughs> <laughs> your driveway, your garage, name them. Uh, and this is in various states of repair. Yeah. Okay, okay so fair enough. Go. 87 Ford Thunderbird Coupe. 87 Ford Thunderbird Coupe with the turbo? Yeah, T3 turbo. turbo. Okay. Uh, 1988 uh Ford Travelmaster uh, C motorhome. Okay. 1966 Chrysler Town & Country. Okay. 1990 uh, Ford Mustang GT. Okay. And my 2001 Lexus. And we, we're not going to get into the motorcycles. No. Because there's a bunch more in there. Uh, Eddie's a single guy, and he has this giant garage, and he has cars in there. Now, the Mustang's pretty fast. Yeah. And so is that Thunderbird yeah. Turbo. All right. What else is a rocket ship inside there besides your R1 motorcycle? Uh, the VMAX. Oh, yeah, the VMAX. Okay. All right. There was a time 100 years ago, 100 years ago, where we were in an area that was completely silent, and Eddie rode a wheel stand on his motorcycle for like a mile and a half and made two right turns at the same time. So anyway, 602, no, forget that, mark at marksalem.com, mark with a K, 
at MarkSalemLikeTheCigarette.com. If you have a question, you're more than welcome to send me a question and tell me you're making model miles and then tell me what the symptoms are. We'll be back next week at 10 o'clock. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.